this is Rob Power and today in Tux Turbo Talks we're talking to TJ Van Garderen about the upcoming Criterium du Dauphiné. It's Tuesday the 4th of June, the Giro is behind us and the Criterium du Dauphiné is only a couple of days away. Riders are descending from altitude back to France for it, uh, whether it's from Tenerife, from the volcano, from the Sierra Nevada, or in the case of our next guest from Colombia. Welcome, TJ van Garderen from EF Education First. How was Colombia? It was a it was an incredible experience. Um, I was there with my family, and we all just had a had a great time. Uh, I have a few teammates there that I was training with, Danny Martinez and Rigoberto Ron. And they were both, uh, you know, really happy to have me there, really proud to show me around their country. And the training was amazing. The food was amazing. The people were super friendly. Um, couldn't, have, uh, couldn't have asked for a better trip. Was it your first time in Colombia? It was. Um, I was. I was hoping to do the Vuelta Colombia earlier this year in, in February, but uh, um, the team sent me elsewhere and I was, I was a little upset. I mean, not, uh, not upset, but I was, uh, just disappointed because I really wanted to see the country. But then after California, I saw that there was a, a good chunk of time that I could fit some altitude in. And I thought, well, I didn't get to see it in February. So hell, we'll just go now. And now it's definitely on the list for next season already to start the season there. Yeah. I'm going to stamp my feet next year. I'm going to be like, <laughs> The way you guys are leaving me off the race now, because uh, I mean, I I love the country so much that um, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to pull some teeth to get me out of that race. Are, are there any special adventures uh, with Rigoberto and uh, and Daniel that you want to share with us? Um, I mean, more just I mean, just exploring on the bike was uh, was just was just a really eye opening experience. It was. Um, just the roads they have there and uh and and i don't know just just everything like the the cafes we would stop at the food we would eat it was just uh it was all just new and um and exciting for me so to them it probably just seemed like normal life but to me i was i was just probably being that annoying tourist just taking pictures <laughs> all the time and um yeah but no it was a lot of fun did you guys manage to catch some of the Giro while you were over there? Yeah, yeah, we were definitely tuning into the Giro. Um, so some of our guys were were up there in the climbing stages. Hugh Carthy, in particular, had a had a really impressive Giro. Um, it's really happy to see him do that. Dombrowski as well. Um, and yeah, we uh, I, they were definitely rooting for for Carapaz being another South American. Did you guys, when you were watching or keeping an eye on some special things that maybe the regular fan doesn't keep an eye out on? Um, I, th I think, you know, obviously being a bike racer, we probably have a deeper understanding of what is actually going on in the race than maybe a, a casual fan would. I mean, it was an interesting dynamic that was going on with Movistar and, uh, and the two guys that they had up there, but... Um, but no, I'd say we were just we were just probably tuning in the the way the rest of the people would. I mean, with the time change, um, it's not like we were always able to watch every day because uh, 
you know, we had to train. And so sometimes we would just tune in and look at the results and see highlights and stuff. So we weren't tuning in that closely, but we were definitely keeping tabs on what was going on. Yeah, and now uh, obviously you made your way back from Colombia. Now you, uh, you just mentioned you're in, uh, you're in Girona now, uh, slowly making your way to France. The, do you remember the last time you raced the Dauphiné? Last time I raced the Dauphiné, it must have been 2015. Yeah, second place on GC. Yeah, 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 that was a good year. Good year, good Dauphiné for me. Uh, would you be happy? Would you be happy with a second spot this year as well, or beforehand? Um, yeah, I mean, I prefer not to know the future because I like to think that anything's possible. But uh, if if at the end of the tour, if at the end of the Dauphiné, I get second place, I I think I'd be happy with that. But um, if you told me to sign on a piece of paper that I could, that I'm gonna get second place, I I wouldn't sign it because that would limit my possibilities just a little bit. And is it uh, the team that you guys are going, um, is Rigoberto and Daddy Alade coming with you to the Dauphiné as well? Or check the start list, didn't see it yet, but... No, I think their plan is to race the Route de, de Sud. So I think it'll be me and Mike Woods that'll be sort of the... Uh, the GC guys for the Dauphiné, and then we also have good guys for for breakaways and stage hunters like uh, like Betiol and uh, and Simon Clark. And if you look at now at the at the decision to go to the Dauphiné or maybe a Tour de Suisse or Route de Sud, um, what does it depend on for you? Is it preference for you to go Dauphiné because maybe you have a bit of time afterwards to go to altitude again before the tour or yeah, I think uh, I think the Dauphiné fits the best for as far as tour preparation because because um, yeah, you, you can do some altitude beforehand, and then it also gives you time to uh, to rest and to train a little bit and uh, get a little altitude in afterwards. And if you race the Tour of Swiss, you basically you have to just rest until the tour, and there's nothing to really. If you think that you need to work on something in training, there's not really a whole lot of time. Uh, the Ruta del Sol, that, that seems to be popular with the Colombians. They, they like that race. Um, I've never done that approach, but um, you know, everyone has their own methods. Like Some people prefer Swiss. Some people prefer the Dauphiné. Some people prefer you know, not to race at all in June. Um, so it's, it's just a personal preference. In the last couple of years, when you did Tour de Swiss, um, you just noticed that Dauphiné is probably better suited for you in that preparation to watch the Tour? I, I think so. I mean, it's not an exact science. Um, sometimes sometimes people, they, you know, they like to make, you know, a big deal about what happens throughout the season, you know, trying to project what's going to happen in July. And then a lot of times in July once you get into the like into stage 13 or 14 then people forget what happened throughout the rest of the year so it's kind of this funny thing like everyone completely analyzes everything you're doing up until the tour starts and then once the tour starts they forget everything you've done so it's <laughs> it's this weird thing is is that something that you sort of like learned from experience over the last couple of years as well 
that people look at it that way? Um, kind of. I mean, you know, like the th the thing you got to learn is that the start of every every race, everyone's clock starts at zero. So um, just because you might have had a bad race there, doesn't mean you're gonna have a bad race there. And things can change, things ebb and flow. So it's, uh, I mean, there's, you just have to start each race thinking that anything is possible. So you're definitely going to start this Dauphiné thinking uh, anything is possible. Um, how do you come into this Dauphiné in terms of form uh, and maybe even a bit of fatigue after a big block of training in uh, in Colombia? Um, well, I'm feeling good from Colombia. Um, I mean, after the tour of California, I was, uh, you know, the plan was just to go to Columbia and it, it, tour of California ended up being quite a bit harder than I expected because a lot of the stages were, you know, 215, 220K, you know, pretty tough. So, um, a lot of time in Columbia was spent, you know, resting, just doing some, some long rides, but no, no big intensity because also just getting used to the altitude. So. I'd say I'm feeling quite fresh and uh, and well prepared for the Dauphiné, but um, you know, like you said, you at the race at the start of the race, everyone's clock starts at zero, and you just gotta just gotta get into it and see how it goes. Are you are you a numbers guy who might ch check? I don't know what you're using, maybe training peaks or whatever. How in terms of like form and fatigue and how you can maintain that or. Oh, you mean like uh, you mean like the TSS score and stuff? Yeah, etc. Is that something that you look at or? No, <clears throat> I don't really believe in those numbers. Um, I think there's so many other things that go into how you're feeling and what you're doing that you know just certain time spent in certain zones uh, doesn't really. That's just a very very small piece of the equation as to the overall. Um, fitness that you may have I, I think I read like in an interview earlier this year maybe end of last year for this year like everywhere you go you want to have sort of like the opportunity to get a result so I assume you're starting to Dauphiné with that ambition to get that result when is the time when you start like zooming in on the Dauphiné um, checking the studying the route and where the opportunities are for you um, I've kind of tuned into what the route is um you know i'd like obviously i'd like to do well in the time trial i think that'll be the first major test it, it's kind of a typical route where there's some sprint stages but also some some tricky stages with some, some hills like probably good for breakaways or good for you know attackers so really it's like there's the tt and then there's two mountain stages that follow that so it's uh I don't think I'm going to really be moving too much before the TT. Try to have a good TT and then see see how the mountain stages go. And you guys are obviously flying this year on the TT as the whole team. What's yeah. the secret? Almost, I would almost say, what's the secret? Honestly, I just think it's the emphasis that the team has put on time trials. Um, we've we've had a couple of camps this year where we've done some team time trial training. We've done. You know, we we hired uh, Peter Schwepp, who's uh, you know an aerodynamics um, sort of guru and time trial 
uh, specialist, kind of just a numbers guy. And um, he's dialed in a lot of guys' positions and uh, and given a lot of training. And you know, it was it's kind of similar to what what we what I had on BMC. We had Marco Pinotti as um, as a guy who would come in and give just like a warm-up protocol and a, and a nutrition protocol. And even if it's all, even if it's all BS and it's all made up, just the fact that we're putting so much emphasis on it, I think gives you this psychological advantage that, yeah, we're, we're doing things the right way and we're ticking all the boxes. So therefore, you know, we're, we're going to be in that elite echelon. And not only maybe in the individual time trials uh, this year, but must be on the radar that uh, yeah, that second day of the Tour de France, the team time trial. Is that something yeah. that's already on your mind or, or or that you're already, obviously as a team, already looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been a part of a lot of um, team time trial victories over my my career. And Anytime there's a team time trial, I get really excited for it and really motivated for it. And, you know, the Tour de France team time trials, uh, I mean, that's an opportunity for a big stage victory for uh, Education First and the, time, and the first real opportunity to gain uh, time for Rigoberto in the GC. So, yeah, we're putting a lot of emphasis on it. We're taking it really seriously. And obviously an opportunity maybe to even get the yellow jersey immediately as well. Um, for for that Tour de France, is is everything about Rigo? Uh, he's definitely the uh, the first option on the team. Um, you know, a guy who's been podium in three Grand Tours in the in the recent past definitely deserves the uh, the full backing of the team. And has there been like a bit of a yeah, team team spirit creation over there in Colombia, and in terms of that as well, did you get a more feeling to working maybe what it would be like to work for him? Um, I mean, that wasn't the uh, that wasn't the purpose of me going over there. I mean, obviously, we I trained every day with Rigo there, and he's a great guy, and he was uh, you know super helpful. Um, you know, just just with everything like finding a place to stay for me and my family and, you know, giving us advices on, you know, where to eat, where to shop, where to, where to ride and this and that. Um, but I mean, I, and yeah, obviously I wanted to, uh, to train with them and get to know them and, and all of that. But it was more of like, I didn't see it as, as like, Oh, I, I need to get to know you so that we can, work together for the tour de France. It was more like, Hey, I really want to see your country and you know, yeah. Let's Enjoy uh, the experience because this will be a really, a really cool experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, one more thing about like the altitude, because obviously this year's in the tour de France, we're looking at a little bit on tour de France, um, quite a few stages that go above, uh, 2000 meters, uh, altitude for you might be sort of almost normal living in uh, Colorado. And now having tra- is a difference in the altitude maybe in France in a race like that than whether it is when you're training in Colombia or when you're training uh, at home. Obviously, the intensity probably will be different, but well, the thing is, in training, is you can always dictate how 
fast you go. Whereas in a race, the race dictates how fast you go. So, um, is there a slight advantage for you? I mean, I don't know. I think, I think so many people spend so much time at altitude these days that, um, that I wouldn't say that there's a, there's a huge advantage for me necessarily. I mean, you know, Sky or Team Enos, uh, they basically live at Tenerife all year. And, you know, you have all these Colombians that spend time at 3,000 meters almost all year. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I live in Colorado for a big majority of the time, but a lot of times I, I have to leave because it's it gets cold and snowy there. So I'll do some of my training in California or I'll come to Europe and Overall, I might even spend less time at altitude than a lot of these teams that basically just rent the hotel for the year in Tenerife. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I mean, I th I'd like to think that that yeah, I should have no problem with the altitude because I I do have that kind of you know long exposure just from from living in Colorado. But uh, I'm not going to say that the other people aren't going to be prepared for it as well. Yeah. All right, um, moving on to the Tux Turbo Talk fan question of the week. Uh, each week we've got uh, fan questions coming in for our podcast guests. And this week uh, we got a question from Adam, who is uh, from Sydney, um, asking heaps of questions. But also, what are your favorite, three favorite weight training exercises that you feel make a difference? Um, weight training exercises. I, I keep it. I keep the weight training pretty simple, and it's mostly body weight stuff. Like I'll do some single leg squats. Um, I'll do some stuff with a thoroughband, you know, just kind of some glute activation. Um, and yeah, mo mainly stuff with just just like a, a thoroughband or a, or a Swiss ball, you know, just just to kind of keep the core stable. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily do a lot of a lot of gym work or heavy lifting. Is that different uh, than maybe some of your other teammates or is everyone sort of like the same in that? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the weights, they kind of go in and out of fashion throughout my career. You know, so even since I was a junior, I've, uh, it seems like there's a couple years that I'll, I'll be in the weight room, um, you know, three days a week during all the winter months. And then some, winters when I don't touch weights at all I just kind of do the core stuff I think definitely doing the core and staying balanced and uh and just and just hitting hitting the stuff with the swiss ball and the thoroughbands and that's always really good you can never have too much of that but uh the weights it's I think it's really debatable on uh whether or not that's a difference maker okay so at least Adam from Sydney um go do that single leg squats and they get that band and definitely work on that core as uh, I think also all strong cyclists definitely have a massive uh, core strength. So definitely want to, uh, to do so. Um, TJ, we're going to let you go. Um, taking up too much of your time. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, good luck in the, in the Dauphiné and then the Tour de France ahead. Um, do you already know what's on your program after that? Um, I don't, I would, uh, I was talking a little bit with Charlie Wigelius. I would like to um, get in a couple of one-day races into the program just so that I can 
maybe make a case for Olympic selection. And, you know, one day races is something I haven't really done in the past because I've been really just pegged as a GC rider. Um, but this year I've had a lot of fun kind of jumping in breakaways and just kind of racing just in that kind of attack mode style. And I think, I think, uh, just throwing in some one day races would, uh, would kind of just add something new to the mix. And would you then also uh, put your hand up maybe for like races like Dirty Kansas as your team obviously is really yeah into yeah more embracing racing and cycling as a whole? I don't know. I I mean, I I think there's guys on the team that are better suited to, to that stuff than me. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, I'm not opposed to trying it. It looks like a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, the the one thing I could maybe see doing is Leadville 100 because it's it's after the tour. So it doesn't really interfere with uh, with any of the preparation. And it's really close to my home in Colorado. So, yeah, uh, that would be one that would make sense. But uh, I haven't really gotten any uh, any indications from the team that they want me to do that. And I'm not really chomping at the bit to uh, to go do that kind of stuff. So, Okay. So, we'll see. Uh, we'll see after Tour de France what's next for you. At least uh, trying to get some one-day racing in. Um, good luck in the, in the next week getting to france and uh, having a great week there and uh, obviously a healthy preparation for the tour after that and good luck with the team all right thank you very much all right thanks uh, tj for jumping on this was rock power with tj van garderen from ef education first stay tuned for a new tux turbo talks next week <laughs> <laughs>